This is a production by One and All Media. For more, head to oneandall.media. I don't find passages about how to get rich, but I do find passages all through the Bible designed specifically for wealthy people. A good example of that is in 1 Timothy chapter 6, command those who are rich not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Today. 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 Today with Jeff Fines, pastor, apologist, and Bible teacher. My name's Aaron, and you're listening to Today with Jeff Fines. We enter a new series of messages today from Pastor Jeff, a series titled Broke. And his first question to us is a big one. What would you do if you were rich? To help with this, he's reading from 1 Timothy chapter 6, a passage with instructions to the rich. Whether you're broke or rich or somewhere in between, I'm sure we'll all get something out of this message as we begin on Today with Jeff Vines. First of all, welcome. Glad you're here. First Timothy chapter six, verse seventeen. Now you're in church, so tell the truth. How many of you? Now, how many of you have seen the movie Fiddler on the Roof? Okay, so there's a lot of people who haven't seen it. If I were a rich man, all day long I biddy biddy bum. If I were a wealthy man. I wouldn't have to work hard. If I were a bitty bitty rich, idle diddle 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 man. You need to go out and rent it as soon as possible. Fiddler on the roof. But those of you who've seen it, wasn't that a hilarious scene where Tevye starts singing, If I Were a Rich Man? Right? So we've got no laughter all weekend. When we played, except from you, and you just laughed a little bit. And I'm thinking, that, that was a great, great scene in a great movie. Which leads me to my first question to you. What would you do if you were wealthy? What would you do if you were rich? What would you do? When I ask that question to a lot of people, they give me answers. But more often than not, the first answers they give me are associated with what they would not do if they were wealthy. Because we all know somebody... We look at it and think, man, that guy's wealthy, but man, he's sure a bad wealthy man. I'd do a lot, I'd spend my money. Some people just don't know how to be rich. And I think of a mother who told me about taking her little daughter who was selling Girl Scout cookies up into the wealthy part of the community, and she told me, you know, not one of those rich people bought one box of cookies. Some people just don't know how to be wealthy, don't know how to be rich. And I, I remember visiting a friend of mine in Cleveland, Tennessee, and right as I would turn into his suburb, there was this huge house owned by uh, uh, an, an insurance uh, owner. He owned the whole company. This house covered about a city block. I was able to see it built from the ground up. Every year I would come back, a little bit more would be added. It had a huge iron fence around it. It had 15 bedrooms in it. And he was living by himself. And he never invited anybody over. 
So what do you do? Just move from one bedroom to the next? He had a huge theater in his house. We could go on a big screen, just like a theater that you would go and visit, like the new one up at Glendora. He would go and just watch his movies on a big theater screen with big digital sound, quadraphonics, everything right around, just all for him. Now, at first I thought, man, this guy's really cool. This is a cool place. He even had a football. He built a football field in his yard that was so nice and had special turf. He did that so that he could convince the Tennessee volunteer football team to come and practice on his field from time to time. We all thought he was crazy until we pulled up and the Tennessee volunteer football van was right outside, about 10 of them. And the players had driven down just to practice on his football field. At first, like I said, it was great, but after a while, we just got eaten up with envy and jealousy. Because then you start thinking, you know, who is this guy? He doesn't need all that. Come on, man, look at, look at all the good stuff you could have done with all that money rather than build yourself this big house with 15 bedrooms. And I kept saying to myself, man, if I were rich, I'd be much better at it. I would. I know I would. After I bought my set of golf clubs, then I would be better at being wealthy. But here's the question, though. Where do you draw the line? How do you know that you're finally rich when you're rich? How do you know? Does the wife come home one day and say, all right, it's official. I just come back from the bank. We're wealthy. We've crossed the line. We're the rich family. Call the kids. Get them in here. I want to tell them, tell all your friends, the Vines family's rich. Woo! Is that how it happens? Have you ever noticed that today, everybody wants to give us advice on how to get rich, but nobody wants to tell us how to be rich. Have you noticed? Oh, there's plenty of information out there. Of course, you go into poverty trying to purchase it, but on how to get wealthy. As a matter of fact, I've, I've made it kind of a habit in the last 10 years, even when I lived in New Zealand, to try to get copies of, of some of the televangelists. Now, I, I want to tread lightly here, but out of all the televangelists that I've watched all my life, there is uh, one, one idea that would kind of summarize their attitude toward money, and it's this. For every dollar you give away, you'll get 10 in return. That's the message over the air, over television, right? For every dollar you give, you get 10 in return. Well, I, I started thinking about this one day. Well, if you really believe that, then you wouldn't really ask people for money. You'd actually send everybody a dollar, right? <laughs> wouldn't, you, wouldn't you say, hey, we want all the listeners and watchers out there to send us your name and address. We got a little gift for you. And send everybody a dollar. Send a million dollars out because you're going to get 10 million. If I believe that, we'd not take up an offering in this service because I've made no bones about it. One of my goals and objectives in life is to get as much money possible, to do as much kingdom work in the world as possible, to change the world. So if I really believe that, if I, every dollar I give away, I get 10, and I, I would just give you a dollar as you walked in back there. We'd take up no offering. I'm a, I, matter of fact, I'd probably give you 100 each. Now you're interested, aren't you? Maybe a thousand, ten thousand. I mean, you go on and on. Jeff, what's your point? Well, here's my point. As I go to the Bible, it's amazing. I don't find passages about how to get rich, but I do find passages all through the Bible that are designed specifically for wealthy people. So it's not enough they get all this other stuff we don't get. Now they get their own Bible verses. A good example of that is in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. It's on the screen or you can follow along. Command, Paul writes to Timothy, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. Now imagine 2,000 years ago, Jesus said wealth is uncertain. Well, he wasn't kidding, was he? 
but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them, the rich that is, to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. So here we go. Specific, direct instructions to rich people. It's like Paul says to Timothy, I want you to gather up all the rich people, and I want you to say to them, I want you, 1 Timothy 6, 17, command those who are rich in this present world, dot, 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 then he gives them the information. Now, the first question I want to ask is why I address them specifically. Why do they get their own Bible passages? Well, evidently, according to other things Jesus said during the Sermon on the Mount, rich people have unique issues, temptations, responsibilities that those who are not rich do not have. Evidently, if you're rich, it's challenging and difficult. You're set up for all kinds of trials and troubles that non-rich people never have to deal with. According to what Jesus taught, God knows that wealthy people, rich people, are going to be subject to all kinds of temptations, and God has a heart for them. He wants to make sure that they know how to combat all these difficulties and that they are aware of the trappings associated with being rich. I see the look on your faces. I know it. About this time you're saying, wait a minute. Well, cry me a little river. Bless their little rich hearts that they got issues that I don't have. You know what this is? We're a smallest violin. My heart bleeds for you rich people. You want unique issues? Come live in my world for a while. You'll, you'll find unique issues. Then you come talk to me about the pitfalls of being rich. But I want, you, I want you to open your mind just for a moment. Go on this little journey with me and think just for a moment that it is true. When you're rich, there's so much added stress. While one billion people live on one dollar a day, rich people have so much extra money, they actually do what is called estate planning. They actually hire somebody else to help them figure out what they're going to do with all their extra cash. Now, 92% of the people, 92% of the people in the world, they just live from day to day. They're just concerned about having enough food for that day, having something to wear that day, being able to make it from sunup to sundown without something really bad, a disease or sickness happening because they can't afford medical care. Just one day at a time, sun up to sun down. They just exist, but not rich people. They got so much extra cash, they actually got to spend time thinking about what to do with it and hire people to help them solve those issues. Rich people also have food issues. While 800 million people will not eat today, 800 million people will not eat, 300 million being children. Rich people, now I know it's going to be hard for you to believe, so I'm going to talk real slow. Rich people... They go through this ritual from time to time in their houses where they will go into this thing called a refrigerator and they will actually throw out the old food to make room for the new. It's an amazing thing. While 92% of the world live day to day and, and how many? 800 million people will not eat, 300 million being children. Rich people, they're different. They actually have to take away food that hasn't been eaten, nobody ate, Take it out and make room for the new food that's being brought in. As a matter of fact, rich families, when the husband or the wife goes shopping, it's, it's quite daunting. It's so stressful. They go to this thing called a food warehouse or a supermarket, and they go in, and it's not only that they have to buy food, 
but they've got to decide which particular brand of that specific food to buy, and it's so confusing. I know it's hard for you to believe, but take bread, for instance. Rich people go to the grocery store, and they either buy white or wheat or full grain or multigrain, or there's even a bread called Old Testament bread. And then, even if they decide what kind of bread to buy, they've got to decide which company that makes that kind of bread that they're going to choose. And it's so hard. It's so exhausting. Because mothers in these rich families, it's their job to try to keep peace and harmony. And what happens if they buy the wrong bread or the wrong brand and the children don't like it? Then what if their daughter or son marches into the room and slams the feet down and slams the door and refuses to come out because they don't like that brand of food? Even though 800 million people will not eat today, mom's got the worry that maybe that daughter will go on a hunger strike and stop eating and she'll die. It's so stressful, so taxing, so daunting and draining, which explains why rich people engage in another activity. Believe it or not, while 92% of the world will just exist from day to day just to have enough food, rich people will actually about two to three times a week They'll leave the home with the fridge with all this new food and go somewhere else and somebody else will cook for them. That's right. They'll eat away from the home because rich people don't like to eat like everybody else in the world, 92% of the world, the same thing every day and be thankful. No, 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 no. They've they got to have different foods because food gets mundane if it's the same old thing. So if they don't like what's in the fridge, they can go out. Now, that seems good on the surface, doesn't it? But do you know how much stress that causes in the family? Because then they've got to decide where they're gonna go eat out. And oh, 16 and 17 and eight year olds get really mad at this point because mom and dad wanna go to those old places, but they wanna try stuff that's new. So far greater than just having food and water, rich people have gotta worry and it's so stressful, so, so difficult with all the arguments and disagreements, so tough. They've got to make everybody in the family happy so that when the family goes out, the restaurant has enough selection that each member of the family can order what he or she specifically wants, and they'll be happy. So being, being rich is difficult. They have extra money, they have food issues, and unlike one billion people in the world who do not have clear, clean, drinking water, Rich people have to struggle with indecision over what flavor of water they're going to drink. I mean, it's, it's an amazing thing. Fruit flavor, artificial flavor, you can make it whatever you want, bubbles or non-bubbles. In fact, rich people have so much extra money, and, and if you told a, a poor person this, they just look at you like you've lost your mind. They, you, they wouldn't believe it. But rich people, they seldom drink out of the tap, even though... It's pure water, but they will pay up to $1, sometimes two, and maybe three to drink it out of a bottle. What $1, remember, $1 is what 1 billion people in the world live on each day, but rich people will pay up to two or $3 to change the taste of that water. And some even pay $4 or more, $4 or more to put a little boost in their water called caffeine that will enable them to deal with all the stress and frustration associated with being wealthy. Now, then there are the women in these rich families. 
Now, I don't know if my wife's in this service. I don't think so, but just to, just to let you know, I, I've never actually seen this. I've just heard about it. That these women in these rich families, they will go upstairs or wherever it is into the closet where there is just a myriad selection of clothes and they will take a step back and they will say, I have absolutely nothing to wear. <laughs> when 92% of the world or more has one pair of trousers or a shirt that must be cleaned and worn every day through various trips to the river, to the stream, to wash the clothes. But that's okay, because while the woman's upstairs saying, I have nothing to wear, dad is down in this little place called a garage, where 92% of the people in the world, where hundreds of millions rather, Hundreds of millions of people would give anything for a house with a roof over their heads. You're not going to believe this, but rich people actually have houses for their cars. Their car has a little house. Most people don't have a house, the great majority of people in the world. If they do, it doesn't have heat or air conditioning. And if it does, if they do, it's very small, usually one room, and there are many members of the family that stay in the one room. Oh, but not rich people. They have even houses for their cars. So while 92% of the world depends upon walking, or if they're really, 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 really blessed, a bicycle, rich people, they own their own car. And sometimes more than one, like two. I talked to a man today, they have four. Each one for his teenage son and daughter. It's amazing. Rich people, just amazing. If you told that to poor people, they'd never believe it. Never believe it for a million years. But here's what's interesting. The man will go down to the garage, these rich people. They'll just kind of stare at their car. They'll say, you know what? I need a new car. Now, there's nothing wrong with this car. Might have a few dents on it, maybe a scratch here and there. Might be a couple years old, but it runs perfectly fine, gets them from A to B. 92% of the rest of the world would give anything to have that car. But because rich people have so much money, and partly because their significance is wrapped up in this kind of thing, and they want to make sure their car is nice as their neighbor's car, well, they sell a perfectly good car and go out and spend more money because they have so much extra money, they got to decide what to do with it, to get a new car. 92% of the world. In fact, rich people do this with everything they own. They might have a perfectly good refrigerator, but because the water doesn't come out fast enough, they want to get rid of that because they, they went to a mall which is unfathomable in the minds of most people in the world, a mall. And they saw another refrigerator where the water comes out much faster, so they gotta have that one. So they take this fridge that, that's just perfect shape, everything, it does what it's supposed to, get rid of it, and they buy the new one. They have a microwave that heats up in 60 seconds, but now they've seen one that heats up in 30 seconds. So they take the one that saves them 30 seconds of their life, but really they need that 30 seconds, they do, to decide what they're going to do with all their money. And so they get rid of this microwave and buy another one because it heats up 30 seconds faster. I've seen and known some men and women to just come home one day and look at their kitchen and say, you know what, this looks terrible. Let's just rip it all out and just put whole new hardware in. Because they have so much money, they've got to decide what they're going to do with it. But here's the clincher for me. If you tried to describe this to 92% of the world, they just look at you like you've lost your mind. Rich people... They work for companies. The company comes to them and says, here's what we're going to do for you. 
We want you for one, two, three, four, maybe even five, maybe more, four or five weeks. We don't want you to come to work. We're going to pay you anyway. We're going to pay you and you get to stay home. It's called vacation or holiday time. 92% of the world, you tell them this and say, what? Oh, that's re- no, who do you think I am? I'm not that gullible. But you think that's good, and it is on the surface, but underneath, oh, it's a whole new problem because now the family, especially with teenagers, they've got to decide where they're going to go on vacation. And that causes all kinds of stress because, again, dad and mom want to go somewhere like Dollywood or Auto Grand Junction where the kids want to go somewhere fun and exciting. And so sometimes you'll have one of the children just get really mad and slam their foot down and walk in and say, well, if that's where you're going, I'm not going. And they will stay home for two weeks. They will just eat and watch TV. That's all. For two weeks, eat and watch TV. You tell a poor person that, 92% of the people in the world would think, no, that's crazy. That doesn't happen. This is a real world. Who do you think I am? Rich people have layers of stress and complexity poor people don't normally experience. So I believe God, knowing these extra complexities, he's a God of love. He decides to focus in on these rich people. Rare as they may be, he loves them. Only 8% of the world. So he says to them, command those who are rich in this present world. Wait, wait, wait. That's you and me. We're the rich ones. We prayed God bless America, and he did, and you and I are living right smack dab in the middle of it. We are the wealth. Listen, listen. If you earn $34,000 or more, you're in the top 4% of wage earners in the world. 96% of the world is poorer than you. If you make $45,000, you're in the top 1% of wage earners. Anything over that, you're just showing off. I just got back from my trip to Zimbabwe, Africa last summer. I went out to Chittimoyo Hospital. I went to Kathy McCarty, who's the nurse that runs the nursing or the doctor station. She's from Southern California. I said, Kathy, I lived in Zimbabwe all these years, and you know, every time I came to Chittimoyo, I never once went into the village. I stayed at the hospital. I want to meet your best Christian. I want to meet somebody who loves Jesus. Can you, can you help me do that? She said, I'll take you. And she took me, and I sat on this mat. Let's leave that up there, guys, with this lady. Through an interpreter, I asked her this question. What's the best thing you know? She said, the best thing I know is Jesus Christ. I said, why is Jesus the best thing you know? And she said, because he takes care of all my needs. She lives in a little hut about the size of this pool over here. She takes her clothes every day down to the river to wash them for her and her two daughters, her husband. And she eats every day in a little metal bowl, some Milly Mill mush, which is like our mashed potatoes, only not as tasty. And if she's really blessed that day, maybe some vegetables to go with it. And she says with a smile, Jesus is the best thing I know because he takes care of all my needs. My personal assistant went to Kenya this year, said, Jeff, I wanted to visit the family that my husband Richard and I have been supporting. Jeff, this family of six lives in a room, eight by 10, the size of my guest room. By the way, that's another thing about rich people. They have rooms in their houses nobody actually lives in. It's just in case somebody comes. Just in case. Family of six living in this little place. Smiles all around. Folks, experts tell us that we could feed and nourish the entire world in need 
for $20 billion a year. $20 billion a year. That's what Americans spend on ice cream in 12 months. You've been listening to Today with Jeff Fines. Thanks for joining us. Next time, we'll bring you the rest of this message from Pastor Jeff. There's so much stress and pressure today in our world, but not because God hasn't provided food, water, shelter. That's what most of the world just longs for, just that. But we long for so much more because we have developed a sense of entitlement that we're owed these things. We believe the commercials on television. You deserve this. Based on what? What did I do? You can listen to more messages like this. Just search for Today with Jeff Fines wherever you listen to podcasts. You make me want to dance and sing With every single breath I breathe I will break this offering You are my wonder You bring the wonder Today 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 with Jeff Fines. This is a production by One and All Media. For more, head to oneandall.media.